Done is better than perfect. Cheryl Sandberg. You're listening to the Real Estate Investor Show, episode number 18. Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co hosts, Liz and Andressa. Hey, everybody, this is Liz back with you for the Real Estate Investor Show, along with my wonderful co-host, Andressa. Hello, everybody. Hope everyone's doing wonderful. And we have another uh, topic here, another discussion around building a team. So we're excited to share that topic with you because you're going to need to build a team. <laughs> and oh, <also> yeah. <laughs> if you are not enough, you can't stay on your own. Um, There's no way. Yes. And especially in real estate investing, because there's so many different aspects of real estate investing that a team is not only imperative, but it's just necessary. So in, in why not set yourself up for success as you're an existing real estate investor or a new, new investor? But these are just going to give you some suggestions as you embark this journey and, and really just, again, building, building the best team you possibly can. Absolutely. When I look back on those past years and I've been working with a couple of people for six, seven years, and they are people that I don't need to give a lot of explanation. I call them and say, here's the thing, and they figure it out. So those are the people that you want to be working with that they can back you up. My insurance uh, person, my title company, and I say, yeah, I'm closing in two days. <laughs> Can you back me up on this one? It's just not, it helps a lot when you create and build and maintain those long-term relationships that things will, will, things will get easier as you go. Mm -hmm. And then the, to, to Andressa's point, which we're going to go through a little bit of a uh, process here for you to give you some real nuts and bolts of this topic. There's internal team building, there's an, like internal, like kind of like your partner or, you know, that, that sort of approach. And then there's external, like people that you could hire, like Andressa was saying, they're almost those third party, uh, you know, vendors that you're going to need. Uh, you're not going to be able to real, be in real estate investing and not have a title agent. You know, that, that's just not possible because it's, it, that's just the necessity of it. So we're going to get into both those things, the, the more internal, like partners and, you know, team members in that way, as well as the external, more of those folks that are, you can hire. But as we kind of embark on this topic, the, the kind of the first suggestion we have for you, the first number one, you know, strategy is to begin with the end in mind. And I know we hear it's cliche, begin with the end in mind, but, but it is so important when it comes to building a team. Because what are your long-term goals? What are your short-term goals? And then who can help you get there? And it seems like a simple question, but that's really the number one question. Where are you headed? And then who's going to be able to get you there before you even jump into who exactly you need? Those are questions you, you need to kind of answer and get clarity around. Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, when you look at real estate, you have wholesaling notes, you have rehabs, new construction, apartment complexes, Airbnb, and you yep. go, the list goes on and on. It's, it's important for me to um, get laser focus. Otherwise, you are all over the place, overwhelmed and stuck. So if you have a clear goal, let's focus on that, maintain, manage that part, and then develop other areas that you're 
look into the business. Yep. Perfect. You know, the next, the next, the next one is, is imperative and it's not always the easiest to do, <laughs> but it's, it's incredibly important. And we're calling that almost like creating, creating a self-assessment or actually completing a self-assessment about your, on yourself. What do I mean by that? Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, before, long story short, when my husband and I started investing many, many, many moons ago, I also was doing consulting work. And I was an expert in a, in a personality assessment. It's actually called the predictive index. It's a wonderful, wonderful tool out there. I don't work with it anymore. But in those years of me working with this tool, I did a lot of team building, a lot of uh, coordinating those type of sessions for companies and leaders and CEOs and what, what have you. And the biggest thing, the biggest thing when you start building a team is to do some self-assessment first, before you can determine who you need and the kind of people you need. Although we asked you, what are your short-term goals? Who do you need to get there? The, the, the strategy right next to it is to do some self-assessment. And what that really looks like is, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? You know, I like to call those areas for opportunity, but they're weaknesses. They're things okay. that <laughs> that's so of, sweet. Yeah, I know. I do say it in a sweet, I used to say it in a very sweet way because that's just me. You know, I always put the nice <laughs> little uh, curve to it. I'm dressed to be like, what are your weaknesses? What are weaknesses? Exactly. You know, dress is a lot more. I'm just a lot more direct than I am, as yeah. you can tell from our, our, our session. You know? <laughs> but, you know, that those are important things. What are your strengths and what are your weaknesses? And, and what are the things that you can bring to the table? Because when, when, whether you have a couple properties under your belt, whether you're, whether, you're, whether you're brand spanking new, you still have things that you can bring to the table. Maybe you have a lot of time, but you don't have a lot of money. Maybe you have a lot of money. You're a high-paid professional, but you just don't have the time. Maybe you have a skill. You're, you're really good at sales. You're really good at marketing, but you don't know much about construction or vice versa. You, you grew up in a you know, family of construction and you always watched your father fix things or your mother fix things. Let's, you know. Those are all things that you need to assess. Number one, what do you bring to the table and what are you lacking? Because that is going to become really important for you as you embark on this kind of journey of building a team. I think it's so important when you say you got to look at yourself and, and figure out your skills. That's what I call the transferable skills. Let's say somebody that works uh, selling clothing, right? Has nothing to do with, with real estate. But let's look at the skill itself that this person has. Very approachable sales, can figure it out issues, right? Offer different options. So all of this is same skills that we'll need for somebody to talk to a person that is looking to sell their properties. Okay, I have those options. Oh, it doesn't fit you. Let me give you other options and create that relationship. So sometimes we need to figure it out and dig deeper mm -hmm. to, to know who we are and just for sure there's something in there that you can add value to somebody else's life. And, and I can't stress enough with when it comes to obviously the time, money, and skills, but your, your actual personality. You know, whether you've, if you haven't taken any sort of third-party assessment tool, go do that now, seriously. Whether it's whatever, I mean, I, I, I use the proprietary tool in the, in the consulting I did. I don't, think it's, I don't think you have access just to take that, but there are so many other tools to take, StrengthsFinder or Colby. Just take an assessment that measures your personality from a third-party you know, objective viewpoint. My point in telling you this is that I used to tell the story when I did a lot of consulting work. 
I did team buildings and I always did exercises where you had four teams doing an exercise. I gave them 10 minutes to do the exercise. I used to put the similar style group of personality together. And then I'd put, whether they're all dominant people, I put them together. Then I'd put a really conservative group of cautious people together. <laughs> and then I'd put a group together that was diverse. So you'd have the extrovert, you'd have the introvert, you'd have the big picture person, you'd have the really detailed person, the real slow and methodical person. And then I'd put the quick person, all those. So I would put one group of similar style, one group of, you know, uh, you know, also similar, but a different style. And then that third group was always diverse. It was each of the personality traits together. Do you want to know who got the project done the fastest? What do you think, Andres? Cool. I think the third one. The third one of the diverse group? Yeah. Was yeah, it? It was. Yeah. Because the dominant people, you, people will think, no, put the self-starters. <laughs> let, let them get it. They'll get it done the fastest. No, they never did because they were all talking over each other. They all thought they were right. Think about it. A group of dominant people. They're not going to get anything done. There's no, no way. No way. Then, then you get the group of like really detailed, cautious people. I love people like that, but they don't get anything done because they're still, they haven't even gotten to the project yet. They're still they're talking about the project. Getting right? ready to get getting ready. ready. to get ready to get ready to get ready. And then you get the third group. And no one was talking over each other. The, the person who was a little more mild was listening to the dominant person, but adding their insight. The, the cautious person was like, let's think about this. And this, it was awesome. So at my point in telling you this, my point in telling you this is that the people that you are attracted to, whether you're an extroverted person or you're an introverted person, whether you're a go-getter or a cautious person, we attract people like ourselves. And that is your biggest danger in this business because you don't need another cautious person if you- Absolutely. You don't need a real rah-rah cheerleader if you're a rah-rah cheerleader because then you're going to both be raw and against each other or with each other and nothing, get nothing done. So find people that are different from you, that have similar values. So that, that's my tip. There. Oh, that's, can we highlight that? Oh, I'll highlight it. You're I just highlighted it in my head. <laughs> <laughs> with like yellow highlighter. Different, but with very, very similar values that's so important because if you have somebody that does not have the same values as you then we're going a completely different route here I mean, for example andressa and i as we continue on with this podcast and this community we're going to share more about ourselves and you know andressa like we i've said her i said a moment ago she tends to be more direct and to the point i'll tend to be a little more like skirt around stuff that really works well with us sometimes mm -hmm. we, we've had a like well what I meant by that is, you know, and we have our own, you know, we, we communicate really well with each other, but we also come at things a little differently and we have Absolutely. to be respectful of that. Absolutely. Even, even in projects, for example, um, communicating with the GCs, that's my thing. And then Liz takes care of other areas where there is a more soft and uh, compassionate approach to get things done in a different way. So when we are looking at our projects that we do together, we strategically select who's talking, who's going to be the, what's called bad cop, good cop, yep. who's going to do that. So it's very strategically that, that that's done. Yeah. So begin with the end in mind, get some goal setting down, who's going to help you get there and then, try, you know, really work on yourself, create some, whether it's an assessment tool or what have you. And in the, in the show notes, I'll even put a link, uh, or you can even email me at Liz at therealestateinvestor.com. And I will send you like a simple personality, like, uh, more of like an inventory about yourself. It's not like a, you know, real deal assessment tool, but it's something that might get you really get your mind thinking around this stuff. Third step or the third suggestion we have for you is once you've gotten your goal set, 
So say you want to get into flipping property. Well, flipping property has a certain process. There's certain people that you're going to need in flipping property. If you want to get into mobile homes, that's another niche. Mm -hmm. If you want to get into buying apartment complexes, so many different niches have so many different kind of pieces of the puzzle. So for for example, if you're going to flip property, finding flips is obviously the first step of that process. Well, what type of people do you need to help you find flips? Then the next piece, analyzing the flip. You're going to need to become really good at analyzing projects, whether they're a good deal or not a good deal, and what that looks like and what that means. And then the the process continues. But the point is that every single niche, every single, okay, I want to buy rental properties, has a process. And knowing that process is the first thing, and then knowing who in that piece of the process is going to help you is is pretty critical. Uh, Wholesalers tend to be, you know, really important Um, you know, really important people on your team. But maybe you're a buy and hold investor and you buy a property every five years. Maybe you don't need a wholesaler every day talking to you because they're going to be presenting deals to you and you're like, I'm good. I have five properties. I I don't, you know, so again, depending on your goals, that will then answer the question of the, the type of team members you may need. But I can tell you having a really good wholesaler and a really good, you know, investor friendly realtor tends to be really helpful people on your team. And then once you've kind of gotten that process established and then you kind of determine some of your, your team members, the, the other piece of it though is to know what, remember we were talking about internal versus external team members. Some of those external team members that you're going to need an accountant, a really good accountant. I, I can tell you just from past experience before we go through the list, we had, we've had three, one, two, three accountants over the 12 years that we worked, right? we were in, oh God. Uh, and, and I, and I, I don't, you know, I think the ones early on were, were where we were, right? So, so team members should gr- grow with you. And if you're growing in a, in a way that they're keeping up with you or even ahead of you, that's awesome. But there are times that we have to let go of people and team members. It's just not, they're just not where we are. So that's what ended up happening with a couple of the accountants and the last accountant, we should have started with this, but the last account, no, we've been through four, four realtors. I'm sorry, four accountants, excuse me. The last accountant that we've had for what, probably five years. He's terrific, absolutely f- terrific. He's a real estate investor himself because yeah. he, all accountants are great, but if you've never invested in real estate, how can you be my, my expert in, that, in this area? And that has been uh, made a world of difference. He's saved us so much money, legally, of course, but saved us so much money. And I just- really appreciative that he is an investor himself. Absolutely. Big difference, so. I agree with you. My CPA is also an investor. So they, they're doing it. They're just not providing it. They see the value in investing in real estate. Uh, so why, why wouldn't they do the same? Yeah. The, the attorney part, you're going to probably need a few different attorneys on yes. your team. You know, it's not just one attorney, but, but obviously having a general real estate attorney is great. Uh, you know, having someone that knows eviction uh, is really important because I hate to tell you, but if you start to build up a portfolio, you're going to probably need to deal with eviction at some point. I hope you never do. But I mean, there's, there's literally an attorney we use only for evictions. He's our guy because we do, we have a lot of rentals in Mercer County and he's the Mercer County eviction attorney. So that's who we use. Uh, But we have a general real estate um, attorney. We also have an attorney who's really created a lot of our partnership documents. So when you start to get into raising private money and operating agreements and, you know, you start to get into a lot of those really important things, you start to bring partners on and 
who's a limited partner and all those pieces, you need an attorney who really knows their stuff in that particular area. Not just someone who can go to closing with you. That's great because that's important, but you need even more of a specific attorney if you want to go down the path of raising money and putting together some of these more, you know, extensive documents. Um, title agent obviously is really helpful. Uh, and to really build a relationship with a title agent, think about it. You're going to need help along the way that, you know, you're going to need a favor. You're going to need, hey, can you look up this, pro-? like you're going to look at a foreclosure and say, hey, is there any issues with this property? You're going to need that. And you can't have access to that just yourself or, you know, going on the web. So having a great title agent that helps you and uh, not just helps you for free all the time, and I don't mean it like that, but you have a relationship with will become invaluable. I'm sure Andressa has one. We have a company yep. we work with all the time and, and that just makes it. And it's funny different. that ours change companies and we went with her. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's the relationship, right? Absolutely. Exactly. And then obviously insurance. Insurance is going to become really important, obviously, whether you're insuring the, you know, the property when it was in the rehab stage or, you know, what, what have you, but that's going to become just incredibly important. So having a really good team member around that will be helpful. You're, you know, your insurance agent. Absolutely. And one thing that I'm going to say here is that um, sometimes if you're buying cash, it's a different, different deal, but any property that I buy, I get insurance before I close. And I had a friend of mine that he was getting the insurance a day after uh, there was a fire in between the closing and the time that he got the insurance. So, you know, the result of it. So even though if it is a couple of hours, I, I don't want to play with that. I don't, I really don't. So I have somebody that can uh, get me the underwriter to look at it in a very quick manner. Um, and I, once I have it, I send all the information and they can get back to me very quickly. But I, I certainly don't buy anything without having the insurance. Yeah, great suggestion. So last, last piece of this puzzle of, 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 of building an effective team and something that would probably come up for people, especially if whether, again, whether you're starting out or whether you are doing this for 10 plus years, which, you know, Andressa and I have been doing this a long time and something that always comes up is partnerships. And that changes over the years. It doesn't mean like you have a partner when you start and then you'll never have to deal with any additional partners. You bring partners in for additional expertise. You bring partners in for additional money. You bring partners in for a lot of reasons. And you'll never stop doing that. I don't know about Andressa, but I'm sure we'll always be kind of faced with a new opportunity, a new partnership. Absolutely. So Absolutely. That, that becomes then the question, what do you both bring to the table. And again, do that self-reflection, strengths and weaknesses, especially in your your personality. If you're very similar, that's a caution. That's a red flag. If uh, you have the, if you, if you both know the same things, like you're both amazing at analyzing deals, but neither of you uh, have the time to go out to the project, that may not be a good partner. I mean, I don't mean to be so, you know, uh, be funny about it, but it, you know, you have to really have that, that balancing act. Uh, specific roles. I can't stress that enough. If you are going to go into partnership with someone, have specific roles that are written down. And then all of this is in writing. All of this is in some sort of agreement. You know, Andres and I both used with some of our projects, our, our projects we've done business together, uh, a JV agreement, a joint venture agreement. Those yeah. tend to be helpful when you're putting partnerships together. Who's doing what? And, and what are the expectations, right? Because the biggest reason people end partnerships and Believe me, I've, we've, we've been in that situation where, the, where this has happened to us. Uh, 
is because expectations and ex- expectations and roles are not met. Exactly. And, you know, and, and it happens. Life happens, right? People don't enter into partnerships thinking it's going to end, but sometimes it does. And just the better you can put the stuff into a documentation, the better you're going to set yourself up for success. Yeah, absolutely. And, and people have different interpretations about what is expected, right? So disagreements will happen when you come and say, oh, I thought you said this, but I guess not. So if you put that in writing, it just eliminates future communication issues. Okay, this is what is expected from me. This is what is expected from you. And then it just avoids miscommunication and unnecessary conflicts in the future. The other tip I'd give you too with regards to partnerships and and building a good team is to start small. You know, Mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest things that people do is go, we're going to go into partner, we're going to buy property and do everything together. Well, really, I would, I would, you know, I would start smaller. It's just like if somebody's lending you money, most people that we work with that lend us money, don't give us a million dollars to start with because not that we're not credible people and that we, you know, we, we protect people's money, but people want to try people out. I'll give you this. I'll give you, I'll start at a hundred grand or whatever the, they start small and they build towards something. Same thing in partnerships is to start it with one project just so you can kind of get, is this going to be a good fit? Right? I mean, people don't just meet each other and get married. They date, they <laughs> exactly. go out to the movies, they go out to dinner, right? <laughs> they don't exactly. just get married. So again, use that same analogy when you're building a partnership and you're building a team is to work kind of in a, in a, in a basis that you got, that you could kind of figure out, is this a good match? And if you do one property together and it's not the best match, then okay, no problem. You'll get through that one project. But if you buy 10 and that's a problem, right? If the person ends up not being the right. And don't, don't let the bad experience of a partnership block you for having future partnerships. I do believe that in real estate, if you want to grow your business skill and especially leverage your skills and time, you've got to find other people that you can partner up with. So learn from your past and just move forward, but don't avoid partnerships because those are essential for to create a community where one can support one another. And the, the last thing I'd share and the last thing you know, we'll leave you with here in terms of building a team is to con- be in continuous improvement. So if you have a partner, you have a team member and you guys are working together and you're saying, okay, we're, we're looking for a property and you do this and I do this, you know, make sure you're talking about not just the tasks that need to be done, but you're making time to actually talk about the relationship. In other words, you know, what's working, what's not, you know, what do you need more from me? Oh, you know what? I really need this from you. No one could just, no one knows exactly what another person needs unless you ask them and you actually talk about it. I mean, I did so many of these team buildings with these companies and people that knew each other and that were sitting right next to each other. Literally, these two women were sitting next to each other for 30 years and we had a team building and I saw them talking to each other and they were asking each other, what do you need more from me that you're not getting from me today? And they were talking and I had to cut them off because we just kind of were wrapping up for the day. And I went up to, I went up to one of them after and I said, I saw you guys talking for a long time. Don't you guys sit next to each other every day? <laughs> like literally, and for like 30 years, just like we do, but we've never wow. talked about our own relationship and how wow. we, what we need from each other. And I, I can't stress that enough. It's just because you talk, you know, talk to each other, that's not communication of 
actually what's working and what's not. So go out to lunch, schedule a monthly, quarterly, you know, update with each other, what have you. But you need to talk about not just the tasks, but more importantly, what's working, what's not with team members. Absolutely. And, uh, can't stress that enough. Yeah. I want to pick back on that very quick uh, before we go. Um, on our mastermind group, we are reading a book right now that fits that purpose. It's called Fierce Conversations uh, by Susan Scott. It just talks about the cost of not having those conversations in, a, in your relationship and within the company as a whole. It's a remarkable book. I highly recommend. It's going to be on our show notes, so you guys can definitely check that out. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks, thanks as always for listening. And, and we encourage you to, you know, take something from this conversation, start getting, getting into more comfortable, you know, space around yourself and what you bring to the table. And soon enough, you'll have a phenomenal team around you. So thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Enjoy our day. Bye. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, Go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.